0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to Artifice, episode 64. Um, I've noticed that I've been a little bit long-winded in my intros this month, um, which, you know, yes, I'm guilty. I like to talk. It's a problem I've always had and will continue to have, but but I want to try to keep today's intro nice and short. Um, My guest for today is Bradford Overton. Um, I know I mentioned last week that one of my goals is to um, try to like dig deeper with with mediums um this year and i have been looking for a bronze worker for the longest time so i googled like you know utah-based bronze artists and this page came up where um some of brad's work is featured um, and when i invited him to come on the podcast i totally thought he was like a bronze guy as it turns out he's mostly and i you know, maybe almost exclusively a painter. Um, and very, very recently started doing bronze. And the picture I saw was like his very first bronze. Um, so obviously super excited to talk to a painter, love painters. Um, and I'll keep looking for someone who mostly does bronze. Um, though I will say, and I'll, I'll be be sure to include a picture in, um, in the blog post for this episode, um, Bradford's new bronze, like busts. They are truly and deeply magically stunning. So um, you should definitely check those out, as well as some of his paintings. Um, Okay, here comes the bio. Brad Overton is a multimedia artist known mainly for still life painting in the contemporary and contemporary Western genres. His other mediums include sculpture and jewelry design. Brad also composes songs, records, and performs in Salt Lake City, Utah. Before becoming a full-time painter in 2001, Brad worked in set design, furniture design, and as a scenic sculptor. Brad is represented by Blue Rain Gallery in Santa Fe, New Mexico, Altamira Gallery in Jackson, Wyoming, and Scottsdale, Arizona, and by Julie Nestor Gallery in Park City, Utah. His artworks can be seen in many private and corporate co- collections nationally and internationally. Um, and then last, before I push go on this episode, if you've been listening to anything this month, you'll know that um, in the place where I usually spotlight, um, like a little a promo code for like an artful or eco friendly business that I wanna support. Um, this month I have been instead putting like a ninety second um clip of one of the songs from my new album. And um there are so, you know, I've I I I did one the first week of June and one last week, Um, and I was trying to think of, you know, I've got five weeks in the month, five Tuesdays in June, and ten songs on the album, so trying to decide which five I want to show you guys, and today um, I decided to play a little bit for you from track four, which is called Unknown. Um, It's one of my favorite songs from the album, and I haven't talked about it much. Um, I don't have, like, a music video with it or anything um, but, it, but I, I really, I really dig it. It feels like one of those things that I think, like, I don't think I could ever write this again. It's like, it's cool and weird in its own totally unique way. Um, yeah. So, so today's episode is Brad Overton and a little snippet of my song, Unknown. Um, and that's all. Enjoy. Enjoy. Oh. Mansion art feels like magic, pure, visionary, and sometimes it's brought to you in part by focus groups and algorithms. And the makers of art are no different. We're creatives, sure, but we're also salespeople. We need imagination and imitation. We need deep, meaningful connections, but we also have to network, yep, even if you're an introvert. And that's my point. Balancing vulnerability with veneer is tricky, and it's a struggle we don't often share. So let's share. I'm Emily Merrill, and this is Artifice. And we'll talk about like just what you think about art and like why it's important and yeah. how it intersects with your identity. And uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and if there's anything <laughs> that you like, like as we're talking, if there's anything that you're like. Oh, I totally have thoughts about this other thing that she's not asking about. Right, just go for it. <laughs>
1: okay, okay,
0: um, okay. So let's start. Um, I I always start by asking people what they were like as a creative child. Like, kind of what <laughs> what evidence was there when you were little that you were that you were creative.
2: <laughs> well, um, <coughs> excuse me. I guess. Let me adjust. Yeah. Get comfortable here. Great. Um, so as a kid, um, I guess it was clear right away that I just was going to do what I wanted to, to do. Yeah. And um, and I I had a, a tendency to take action, like really do something about yeah. whatever I liked or wanted to be or do or experience or see, I did whatever was in my power to make it happen. Like, so I would act on ideas yeah. that I had.
0: Ooh, can you tell me more? Like, like, can you give me an example?
2: Yeah. Um, to the, you know, my parents always laughed about, like I was, I guess I was like four and, um, I saw some people doing like scuba diving on TV. Yeah. And they had o- these oxygen tanks. And what appealed to me wasn't going underwater yeah. and seeing the fish yeah. and, you know, going <laughs> yeah. scuba diving. I didn't want to go scuba diving. I wanted yeah. those oxygen tanks. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. so funny. So, yeah. so I got, I opened the Yellow Pages because yeah. that's what we had. Yeah. <laughs> and I found oxygen tanks and I had some delivered to the house.
0: Yeah.
2: And they were, <laughs> but it was for welding. Yeah. You know? So yeah, yeah, this yeah. guy shows up to deliver. And you and like, were like, this isn't what I wanted. No. Well, <laughs> I wasn't there. My dad oh. was like... <laughs> you were like, at school? Yeah. Your
0: dad was <laughs> so like, what dad, is this? My dad
2: was like, this is not for us. Like, what happened? And like, yeah. yeah, it sounded like a, maybe like it was a, a kid. Like a child. <laughs> a child ordered oxygen. And we just thought we better bring it. Oh my gosh, so, so funny. <laughs> so there's that. And then... Uh, but it was the the oxygen tanks yeah. I found them like as objects I was you were interested like, I was like those are cool. Yeah, so like, maybe
0: you you kind of had a mind for like sculptural thought as a child. Well,
2: or something. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe the objectness of those and like having that, but then like another thing that I did was um as a really little kid uh, we were really close to the elementary school that I yeah. went to, and the crossing guard was out there with the, you know, the banner and the, yeah. and the flag, and I thought that was cool. Yeah. Like, it was like they're, up there, they're stopping yeah. the cars and kids are walking, but um, now it's always, you know, some older adult d- who has that job, but when I went to school, it was a kid. It was like a sixth oh, grader would cool. be the kid. Interesting. You know, who yeah. it was their job to do it.
0: And that felt kind of like
2: Yeah, so compelling uh, to you. Right. So yeah. I found a I found a dowel in some room and I like made it the right length somehow. Fashioned a flag. And I on made there. a flag. Yeah. And I just went up on Saturday and stopped cars <laughs> for no reason and just stood there in the road and like that's and a like, yeah. neighbor called my mom, like, "Do you know Brad is up the street stopping traffic?"
0: <laughs> That's <the> so f- <laughs> funny,
2: <laughs> so, um, but yeah, just like things like th- like that
0: i I really I like this i I talk with so many of my guests about like where does creativity come from?" And what I'm honestly more interested in is like, what it, what is the other stuff around creativity that kind of allows some of us to maintain creativity into adulthood? Cuz I think most kids are creative, but this thing that you're talking about is like I the word that I like to use for it in like my teachings, I teach children, the word that I use for it is like ownership. Like mm-hmm. you're advocating for like your um your ability to be able to be creative. Mm-hmm. You're kind of like you know, I I'll frequently have students who are like, well, I want to do this or I'd like to do this. And I'm like, do it. Well, why aren't you doing it? You know?
1: Right, um, right.
0: and, uh, and it doesn't quite occur to them to take that ownership. Like yeah. they feel like they need an adult to like tell them to do it or to remind them to do it. Yeah. Um, and I find that sometimes these, these other things, like for some of us, I think it's like a, a determination or like a kind of a stubborn sort of a th- a streak. For some of us, it's this just like self advocacy. Like I'm just gonna do it. Like this kind of action taking.
1: Yeah. Um. So there's yeah.
0: evidence of that. Like in conjunction with like just your your creativity. Um. I think that's significant. So, um, were you doing what other kinds of stuff were you doing? Like, did when did you start? Like were you goofing around with the visual art as a small child? Did you take music lessons? Like what what were you up to?
2: Well, I mean, this is stuff I don't think about that much, but um I mean music was super, super important to me. Yeah. Like music was everything.
0: Were you playing music or just listening?
2: Listening to music yeah. and and singing. Okay. And yeah. um but I mean I was like I loved the Beatles yeah. as a little kid. I loved the Doobie brothers, yeah, you know, and just like, and, um, but I don't want to get off track. What's the,
0: Oh, I just want to talk about like what, what was going on in your creative life as a child, like before you're a teen. Um, oh, okay, and okay. I, I do find that a lot of people, um, gotcha. when
2: gotcha. they're
0: kids, like the, the, a lot of, a lot of your creative. Endeavor is like consumption, like consuming music, consuming cartoons. Yeah, I also think that's really important. Like you need stuff before you can.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, and cartoons were paramount. I mean, yeah, you know, (laughs) so like all of like Bugs Bunny and all that stuff was like profound and humor.
0: Um, why did that feel profound? I mean, or maybe not. Why did it feel profound? But you know, I think maybe a lot of children don't feel too profound about much. And when I talk to professional artists, I frequently find a common thread of like, I, I was kind of aware that I was listening to music or watching cartoons in like a different way than other kids. Oh yeah. Tell, tell me about that.
2: Um, well, it was a spiritual thing. Yeah. You know, like, um, Bugs Bunny, the trickster <laughs> yeah I' just related yeah. you know like I liked playing tricks and being funny and and doing what I wanted in spite of whatever was around me yeah. trying to get me to do something else yeah yeah uh, whether it was like school or like any whatever the institutions were that had ideas about what I was or should be, mm-hmm. I had this other idea, right? That I was gonna do, yeah. And so watching, you know, Bugs Bunny, Confound Elmer Fudd, or Yosemite Sam, or like you know yeah. all those things, I watched that, and I really identified with it. Sure, and yeah. and it was like a spiritual, in- inspiring feeling for yeah. me, you know, like that. Yeah. Stuff mattered that spirit of rebelliousness and this, like, mani- maintaining this carefree, like, freedom. That, like, I felt it, yeah. I knew it, I knew it was mine. Yeah, yeah I knew yeah. that magic belonged to me,
0: interesting, and to yeah. my
2: little brother. Yeah, you know, and so we were like this team. Yeah. Of, like, these two little tricksters who could, do, and then we had some cousins who were kind of the same. We'd get together, yeah, and it, it was, was like just, an
0: identity thing,
2: yeah, it was yeah. an identity and it was a cause, sure. It was, yeah, yeah. I,
0: I talk a lot with my guests about, um, like creativity in an abstract way like creativity that isn't like making a thing but creativity Mm -hmm. that's just like your thought process
2: absolutely
0: i'm really i'm really excited about that idea and i like to talk with artists about like what are what kind of stuff like that are you doing because you know we're all making art those of us that are professional creatives but i'm sure we're all also just like having creative like um perspective and creative kind of framing. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that kind of a thing as a child, like I was saying before, this ownership idea of like just being able to look at a future and imagine like a type of identity and imagine, like you said, a cause, um, imagine yourself like kind of being part of a, um, I don't know. Yeah. Like a, like a,
2: well, you're a little soldier. Yeah. A little identity. I'm on, like I'm on my team. I'm doing my thing. And I'm aware that these, there are other forces in the world yeah. that are in opposition to me. Yeah. And I have to maintain this thing that I have. Yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. And I
2: mean, I definitely, I knew that that was, I mean, that was important to me. It was yeah. important to me to assert my will.
0: You had kind of like a solid sense of self as a child.
2: I think I, I, think I did. Yeah. But I also had a feeling like something was wrong. Like, I had a feeling like, like this—the way things were set up wasn't the way I wanted them to be set up. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. school didn't operate the way I wanted it to. Sure. Um, like you know,
0: you had like a sense that it wasn't built for your mind and or I, something.
2: And yeah, right. And I think that that's what a lot of artists are doing. And you know, um, you're trying to reorder the world in a in a way that looks correct to you. So you're making, so you start making art because you can't, what else can you do? That's
0: definitely what it was for me. I mean, I, I similarly, like I, from my earliest memories, I think I like, I had this sense that like, I mean, I, it sounds really, It sounds like, well, surely everybody feels like that, but like, I know that not everybody quite does when they're little, Mm -hmm. but, um, like I, I know that I kind of had a sense that I was like a separate person and Mm -hmm. I, and I think sometimes children kind of feel like they're an extension of their parents, you know, anyway, that's, that's my experience as a teacher and working with children. Um, sometimes I think it takes people a little bit longer to, to differentiate, but Mm -hmm. I felt differentiated as a little kid. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and also was kind of a black sheep in my family and, you know, a bit of like a scapegoating situation going on in, sure. in my family. Um, good for you. And yeah, I definitely, <laughs> yeah. And I, I definitely like from a pretty early age felt like I was using art, like you said, to kind of try to impose on the world, like some kind of a thing that made more sense to me. Yeah. Um, so when you were little, I mean, you, you've been talking about, um, kind of having a creative sense of like your place in the world and having a creative relationship with the media you're consuming. Um, what were you doing? Like, did, when did you start like making things or even just like drawing? I mean, what, what were you doing as a child?
2: Well, I was like drawing on things, you know, um, we had, uh, we had like a storage room, kind of a closet under the stairs, and I would go in there, and just like with magic markers and just draw mm. everything, like just draw on the walls. Yeah. Or I mean, as then this is like as a little kid, <clears throat> I wasn't really content with just the paper. Yeah. It's like here's some paper. You doing- needed
0: like an object. Yeah,
2: I did. I did. Yeah, so, but I figured out I could pull the mattresses mm-hmm. off the beds mm-hmm. and draw on the box springs. Yeah, and that wouldn't be detected for huh. forever. What you did, know? Do
0: you have theories about like what that is, like why you wanted to draw on things versus paper? No.
2: <laughs> 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 I mean, maybe because it was more permanent. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. maybe because um, maybe because it had to be wrong. Like I wanted it to be. Yeah, it was that like Like, rebellion thing. I had to break some rule. I had Mm -hmm. to break the rules. Yeah. You know, because that was the thing. Like I had a teacher tell my mom, my kindergarten teacher, she's like, listen, you got to do something about Brad because... He does not think the rules are for him. He's a problem with authority. He thinks the rules are for the other kids and he's like willing to enforce the rules, but he will not obey the rules. So you get so silly. And my mom's like, I don't know. I know. I don't know what to do about it either. It's like a problem. Like so
0: But that's just like you came with it. Like that's just that's your personality.
2: Yeah it is.
0: So maybe as you're becoming like an older child, like what I'd love is just like kind of a, like a snapshot of like where your creativity or like creative exploration was, like what you were doing when you were maybe like up to, up to the age of like 12.
2: Okay. Well, okay. So fifth grade, <clears throat> like I guess I was 10 or 11. Yeah. Um, that's when, uh, we started doing art in school. Okay. And we had this great teacher, Mrs. Gibson, and she had, you know, the better paper and we got into crayons and she showed us how to shade. So we were doing these, you know, the first assignment is like squares and circles and triangles and they overlap at the corner. Yeah. And, you know, each one has a different color that you choose and then where they overlap, it's another color. Right. And if you shade it well, starting with a dark value in that color and mm-hmm. then go gradually to nothing yeah. in the middle, then it's gonna look really cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And so I'm just like, yeah, that's that's awesome. And I had seen the drawings from her class, you know, mm-hmm. when I was a fourth grader, I saw like I was just like like, hanging Whoa, on the wall. look yeah. at that. I don't but I didn't I didn't go home and try to do one. Yeah. Um, you know, but I was drawing all the time, I think. Yeah. You know, just I could draw, yeah, you know. Um and my mom, my mom can draw and paint and sculpt, okay, you know, cool. and, it's, that's, and it was that's always important pretty say. easy for her, yeah. you know, I mean, she didn't really, she didn't pursue it, but, um, she had a lot of, a, like a natural ability cool. to do it. My so stomach's was, growling. It's I, okay. I've been doing this fast thing. And I, like, like
0: intermittent fasting. Yeah. yeah.
2: So I'm not going to cool. eat anything till two. Yeah. And my stomach is like, I, what, where's Breakfast. I
0: highly doubt it's on the recording, but I do <laughs> okay. the same thing. Like I'm like such a night owl that when <laughs> I do these podcasts in the morning, mm-hmm. like I never eat before. And right. then sometimes like halfway through the podcast, I'm like, I gotta eat something. So uh, yeah, I'm with yeah.
2: you. Anyway. Okay. So, um, so, um yeah. So, so the drawings I got on started drawing and I just like, I whipped one out. It was like, Oh wow. It was you intuitive know? for you. So kinda. yeah, it was just easy. Yeah. And so the kids are just like, and I'm watching these kids just struggle with yeah. this concept of shading. And I'm just like, what is wrong with isn't you guys? Like, isn't this, is like, yeah. this isn't hard. Yeah. And then I was just like, oh, I guess that's a, this is a thing that I have. Right. Like, And then everybody was like, you know, I had people around my desk and I start, I'm just like, well, you know, you can do that with anything. So I just start drawing football helmets and boxers and all yeah. these things and I'm shading everything. Right. And so now I'm like the artist, right? And so
0: that's that, I was that like, identity okay, stuff that was, starts for some people so young. I find it so interesting. Yeah. So I wanted to just ask really quick because you you mentioned that your mom was like an artist, not not a professional artist, but right. um, should I assume then that there were like supplies around the house, like yeah, and you yeah. you had regular opportunities to be making stuff?
2: Yeah, I mean. So my mom, you know, she's got like four little boys running around and she's in the laundry room doing laundry and trying to sculpt. Yeah. And she's got clay. That's
0: so and cool. And like,
2: we're just like, you know,
0: <laughs> little maniacs.
2: Like, and she's like, take some clay.
0: Did, did having your mom be creative in that way? Did that like, did that mean anything to you? Like, did you yeah. notice, like, did you feel like your mom was like doing something important or or something? Well,
2: I mean, important. I don't know about if I don't know if it was important, but it was cool. Yeah, sure, you know, I think cool. that's what I mean. Like,
0: yeah, like yeah. not all moms are sculpting in the laundry room.
2: No, I mean my mom was always different than the other moms. Yeah, you know, because like the other we, you know, grew up in Salt Lake, and all the other moms were like these really sweet yeah. moms. Yeah, and my mom was like really tall, and. <laughs> just kind of looked like a subversive, you know, yeah, I mean, she's
0: like a little radical.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, she's not, but she is. I mean, yeah. she's like, I mean, she's very, very spiritual and very religious, but also very free spirited yeah. and, and rebellious. But, now we know she,
0: where you got that from.
2: <laughs> for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so And some. she looked different Yeah, because she's like, you know, she's very tall and beautiful and she'd just dressed in crazy colors and like, just like, she was not, I mean, she was an artist. She is an artist. Yeah, she is. That's cool.
0: That, that makes, that gives me a little bit more context. You know, I like to start at the beginning because, you know, for some kids, their parents, there's none of that going on. Yeah. And for a child like that to discover that they're creative is a very different experience. And Mm -hmm. for a child to have to be like, Hey mom, can I have colored pencils? You know, yeah. like sometimes those are experiences that children have to like right. they have to like request supplies yeah. and maybe deal with parents teasing them about it. So I always uh-huh. like to ask because I do think that those those very very early relationships to art, art objects, media, you know whatever it is, they shape kind of who we are as adults. Yeah. So you had this this kind of profound experience where all of your classmates are kind of going like, whoa, how come you can just do that? Right. Did you feel like, like if you're being honest, did you, do you remember feeling like, well, I can just do this. Like, why can't you guys do it? Or do you remember feeling like I'm kind of cool and special?
2: Well, I remember being shocked that, That, I mean, I just remember looking around and going, oh. You're kind of like a little confused. whoa, what? Yeah. Like, this is hard? Yeah. And then when I realized that it was a special thing, then, yeah, I mean, I felt like, well, this makes sense. Yeah. You know? (laughs) Because I already felt different. Yeah, yeah.
0: Sure, sure. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, And isolated. Yeah.
2: Like, totally isolated. I mean, I would have, like, one or two friends at a time, and we'd be, like, brothers and then I had him. my younger brother, Greg, who like, we were brothers and yeah. we would just like, we were together all the time and just, and that changed when I became a teenager and you know, he was two years younger and I didn't yeah. want him hanging around as much, but, sure. but, um, we were, we never stopped talking. Yeah. We were always talking to each other yeah. about our plans, plans for grand rebellion and mayhem and it was just like all, it just never stopped. And yeah. like, we just, we would fall asleep in our bunk beds talking Cute. about, yeah. talking about that stuff and listening to the radio Yeah, and.
0: I love it. Yeah. So in that moment with your class that you kind of felt like, oh, I have this thing, like I can do this thing. Um, like what, how did that impact like, you know, the next couple of years? Like, mm-hmm. like what did it kind of do? I just want to know how you related to that thing, like, well,
2: it was the thing that saved me when I got to junior high school, yeah, because um while I was really good at drawing, I was really terrible at spelling and math,
0: yeah so and every of, other
2: subject it
0: gave you somewhere yeah. to kind of put some of your value well or something
2: yeah, it made me feel it gave me a thing that I was good at, but i was I was good at sports too, okay. And um or um, I mean I don't know. Maybe I wasn't as good at sports as like I just loved sports. Yeah. You know, so well like, that's
0: a fun I mean I did
2: my best. There's a lot of
0: overlap there between good at and
2: like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean I had I was really into karate, I was pretty good at that. I was really into I loved baseball yeah. but I wasn't super good at baseball, yeah. but I tried you really cared hard. About it, yeah. I really loved it, yeah. Um I was really good at football. And so football kind of became part of my identity. And um, but the art was this thing that yeah. that I was for sure good at. But my report card in like seventh grade, you know, elementary school I was fine academically. Yeah. Um, but as soon as like seventh grade came around, I had to go to classes and deal with lots of subjects and stuff. Yeah. The thing that happened is I just I got bored, tuned out, and would just draw. Yeah. And yeah. So my report card was like uh, disappointing. Yeah, every time. Yeah, but um, <laughs> but my drawings kept getting better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know?
0: So okay, I like to talk with people about the childhood because it's all like chaotic, and you know we can maybe find some like mm-hmm. some basis for some mm-hmm. of your sure your later stuff. And then I I find for most people in like the teen years, that's where you maybe start like really trying to work on a skill set. And maybe, for the first time, you kind of have people um, like giving you feedback and criticism, and yeah. you start like actually kind of trying to really get better at something. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not the same for everybody so um so maybe like can you just tell me like, I don't know, well, did that happen like did you did you have teachers that were like were you working on it? opposed not, to like just kind of not playing. until high school. Okay.
2: Not until high school.
0: Okay. I would say like the teens. So, yeah. okay. Yeah. So that so, started a little bit later. Um, was there anything else like significant in terms of your art and creativity that you feel was happening like before high school? Yes. Like, any kind of changes? Yes. Yeah, okay, so tell was me a
2: massive change. Okay. Um, and an, like an awakening. Okay. You know, and that was um, <clears throat> based around art and music. And I mean, I was already into, you know, I love Picasso. I love Matisse. I love, I mean, those were the things I really related was to. Was your like,
0: mom exposing you to that?
2: No. It was, um, I mean,
0: how did you? Yeah. I mean, in a way, yeah. It? She
2: got me a poster, and I don't know if I asked for it or what, but it was this. Um, this Henri Rousseau, you know, mm-hmm. the Sleeping Gypsy. Mm-hmm. I had that in my room and yeah. I was like and I had that. Like I had like I think I took that to college. Cool. You know. But yeah. it was like so these like things that were kind of like imaginative uh, up to surreal became yeah. important to me. But the big thing that happened is I um I spent some time in Southern California with some cousins. And uh, my cousins had gotten super into punk rock. Okay. And I mean, and they were like, and it wasn't like a, like they're just into punk rock. Yeah. They're, they became like serious punk rockers. Yeah. And, and, and I, so I got, I was like, well, what is this? Yeah. Like, and I thought the clothes were really cool. Yeah, but i I didn't hear the music for a little while. But then when I heard the music, I was like, "Oh, this is exactly how I feel inside." Mm
1: -hmm. Like this is different.
2: Yeah, and this is, and I because I was at a place where I'd been getting these like bad report cards um, at school, and you know, I go to church and I have an asthma attack and had to leave. Yeah, and so like everything, like things around me, the the institutions were not serving me mm-hmm. and there was no way out because like my you know my folks were like oh we gotta stop this like he's like getting out of control getting or out of something. control yeah. and that was but and then that made everything harder for me and I just needed to like reclaim that uh that freedom that sure. I had felt you know, yeah. in earlier times when, when a, you know, when a kid in elementary school wants, to, wants freedom, it's not that threatening when right. a teenager wants it. It's scary. Totally. You know? It's,
1: weird. it's but,
2: weird. Yeah, but punk rock was so aggressive and intense that it was this thing where, um, okay, well, this is unstoppable. Like, I don't care what happens. Yeah. I don't care. And I really didn't. I mean, I, I... So I came back and it was, it sounds dark, but, and it, I guess it kind of was, but um, that's the door I went through and it opened up uh, a lot. And, but I, but I was able to continue being really creative with it. Like I yeah. came back from California with records. Yeah. And, you know, like a different haircut and a lot of, like clothes that I made myself like or altered and turned cool. into, you know, I had this, yeah. So I had this suddenly had this, this style yeah. and this thing, this stance that I was taking. Yeah. And, um, I was the only kid in this school yeah. who was doing it. I mean, there were, because we were out in the suburbs and there were kids at, you know, the, the schools in the city that were into punk rock and starting bands, but nobody at my school Was doing it. Yeah. So what I, I made it my mission to recruit like the best musicians to my cause. So I just made friends with, you know, Terrence DH, he's now known as, and, um, uh, and I had, I, and I, and I, I showed him the music yeah, and he was like, yeah, but he was like into new wave and like, he liked the romantics, but he was a really good guitar player. Yeah. Um, and when he got into punk rock and then, and was convinced and started playing it, then it's like, then we found a drummer, then we found yeah. a bass player, then we practiced. So every... you
0: were, you were singing.
2: I was singing. Okay, yeah. We, and we, so we, we played all summer and you know, our, our, my friend Adam's parents were so generous to let us, yeah. cause we made so much noise yeah. and,
1: have to.
2: and we yeah. have, and then they just let us do it. And, um, we ended up opening up for DOA and oh, seven cool. seconds and the unwanted it like in one night uh, on the night of my 16th birthday. And it was like fantastic. It was a mm-hmm. creative breakthrough. And yeah. I, I had like written all these songs and I was singing the parts that I wanted. I want the guitar to do this. I want the, now the drums are going to do this. Now yeah. this happens.
0: Did you ever have lessons or any sort of formal music training, like lessons or, or school classes?
2: Yeah, I um I had saxophone lessons in 3rd grade. Cool. And it didn't go well. Do maybe. you
0: have like I mean, you've kind of already talked about it, but do, what what do you think like let you be like, well, I'm starting a band and I'm going to mm-hmm. be the singer for the band and I'm going to write songs like without having you know anybody be like, "Hey, why don't you write try writing a song?" or mm-hmm. you know like how did you kind of like um I don't know. Assume that authority. Like uh, you've already kind of talked about authority. it, but, but yeah. I mean
2: maybe for, I just like to hear you talk about it. Well, it's just that, you know, you got to do what you want. Yeah. Like, and I don't even get it. Like yeah. I don't, when people don't do what they want, I don't even understand. I don't,
1: yeah. I
2: cannot relate to that because I feel like if I don't do it, I'm just going to die. Yeah. You know? So it was like, I'm starting a band Yeah. and I like, the minute it, I have the idea, like I'm like, I am starting a band. It's yeah. already happened. You know? It's
0: inevitable. Yeah. Like, I, I've talked about this with a couple of artists. You know, it's so interesting to me. Like, um, I've I've I, I just yesterday the 61st episode came out and this is the 64th interview. Mm-hmm. And when I'm talking to you, like if every artist that I talked to was like you, I would feel like we're all the same because like I'm relating to a lot of the right. things you're saying, although right. I I do like rules. Um but I have yeah. like a I have like a rebellion in a different way but like yeah. I really like structure. So yeah. we maybe have a different flavor there. But um but I've talked to some artists who don't at all feel like this way. Like right. where, you know, there it's not an idea is not inevitable. I feel like that. Like if I have a creative idea, it's it's not like, well maybe this will happen. It's like a matter of when.
2: Yeah. Like yeah. it right.
0: it has to happen.
2: That's that's a an interesting thing, you know, because now it's like
0: But it's totally not a given.
2: It's not a given Even because, for like, artists. No, it's not. I mean, for me, I have a great idea that I've been thinking about for years for for a series of paintings. I think about it every day. Yeah. But I've got so many other things that I have to get done first that it's like, that like that I don't know like, when I'm gonna get to it. Too many to this. projects. <laughs> yeah, I don't know when I'll get to it. But like I'm But I had this early in my career. I had this idea like, I'm just going to take action on everything. Every good idea I have, I'm going to do something about it. And it's led to having, you know, I mean, you look at a lot of people's paintings or sculpture or whatever, and it's all the same. It's like they're just the same. They do the same thing. Yeah. And they don't go through that much of a change. It's like, and I guess that's because it's like they hit a home run with something and then they want like to keep the sales going or something mm. and they just like keep going. And I just, I can't really do that. Yeah. I, cause I, I, I think of it as like an act of faith to make something yeah. and, and just trust that the right people are going to see it. And if you do a good job, if you, if you, like, cause I know for a fact, like if I get my idea to, if I can if drag can it, it from yeah. my imagination and get it into the real world, yeah. the way it is in my imagination, it's going to be really cool. Yeah. It's going to, and somebody's going to want it because yeah. I would. Yeah, I want it, and I yeah. if and if my taste is wrong, then then I got a problem. But yeah. my taste isn't wrong. Yeah, you know. My taste is right, and I know that my language, yeah. I I know that for sure. I believe in it, I believe in what I'm doing 100%. I I know that it's good, and a lot of people would say, No, yeah, (laughs) maybe it's not, Brad. But I, but I don't, but maybe, maybe what I do isn't everybody's favorite thing. But, um, the people that I connect with, I totally connect with, yeah. So, I think
0: I feel that way too. I, uh, yeah, I, I. I'm really relating to everything you're saying, but it is interesting because like, as you know, like as much as I'm relating to it, there are artists like professional artists who are like, I don't think that way at all.
2: Well, how do they think?
0: I'm so interested in it. Well,
2: I'm interested now. Like what you they, find. <laughs> how do they feel about it? Just, actually, you know what I have? Like I have seen this thing where people want to demystify the process of making art and, and like, like kind of condense it down to this, you know, here are, the, here are the bare bones of what an artist actually does. And yeah. like someone like Chuck Close just goes, I go into the studio and I'm like making a quilt. You know, I'm like just doing the thing that I do every day, yeah. day after day. And that that's part of it. You yeah. definitely have to show up and right. sit in the chair, stand in front of the easel, do whatever you're doing and do it day after day after day after day yeah. and consistently produce. But for me, you know, I mean, inspiration is a thing to me, like... Mm-hmm. I just, and I don't know if it's called, I don't know if inspiration is the right word, but it's definitely like, I rely on that enthusiasm and energy and excitement. totally And, you know, but it feeds itself and you, you know, it recycles and you totally, yeah, Yeah. yeah. Like
0: I cannot be productive if I'm not like stoked about my idea. And if somebody else wants something that I'm not excited about, I can't make it. Like I can't bring myself to do it. Like someone else could be like, Emily, it would be so great if you would just like, can you do an album like this? And like, I might have all the skills to do it, Yeah. but if I don't, if I'm not excited about it, like, Oh, I just, I couldn't possibly do it.
2: Well, and you know, I haven't thought about this before, but as I'm thinking, you know, that Chuck close quote, you know I mean? I don't know if you're familiar with, I'm not with, with that stuff, but, um, When he goes into the studio each day and sees what he's working on, well, he, that has to inspire him. I don't believe him if he says he's not inspired by his own progress on a, on an image. And I know he's excited about, I know he's excited about, um, but he said, you know, inspiration is for amateurs you know like hmm. we work
0: I mean, yeah I think also like these are vocabulary things too. yeah totally
2: like, because he's just going because he is inspired yeah, you're like when you're, he gets in the studio he, go, he rolls granted. his wheelchair yeah. through into the studio and he sees a giant amazing painting yeah. on that big mechanical easel and he, he gets to work it's like yeah you're inspired yeah. man that's yeah. what I, I like I would be inspired yeah, if yeah, I yeah. if I was making something so glorious.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah,
2: then yeah. I go into my studio and I see what I'm working on and I'm like, yeah, or I'm like, Ugh.
0: yeah, needs work. <laughs> you know, so
2: yeah. I'm either and I, uh, but I don't finish things that that go sideways because yeah. I mean, you can beat your head against the wall yeah as much as you want, but it like if you've if you realize like um you know I mean I might have like five or ten paintings going on at the same time and if I see one that is like on the easel and I have to struggle with it. I'm like, wait a minute. Why yeah, is this just hard? Let it go, yeah. Why? What's, what's wrong with it? Mm, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah. inevitably I figure it out. It's like, yeah. So maybe we're going to recycle this one.
0: Yeah. That's, that's really interesting. Um, okay. So it's, it was kind of a given for you that you were going to assume this authority of being the band leader. And it's, it's not a thing that you yeah. have like advice about. It's just like, this is, what other option is there? Is, that, is right. that right? Yeah. That's kind of just... It's built into your being. Yeah. Um. Okay. What was the relationship with the visual art? Like, at that point? I mean, the clothes okay. are a part of it, but like... Yeah. yeah. I mean...
2: Well, that was just always do, there. You do
0: visual art professionally, so I'm yeah. like... It was always there. Okay.
2: Well, yeah. Yeah. It was... So that was just there. And... um, So wait, we're talking about high school? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So the band... Um, you know, did great. Um, I left because I, th- I mean, why did I leave? You left, the I band? left the band, yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, what happened was, okay, so I don't think about all this stuff that that, that, often, everybody says this, yeah. It's like, oh, <laughs> I'm going back, yeah. <laughs> um, so Dave, our bass player, who was just Man, he was such a good guy, and but he uh, his his parents moved him overnight to Southern California. Mm. I guess to try explain. to get him out of this oh, the you know because there the was band? a lot. I mean, all like all the other stuff, like you know, like there were a lot of drugs and like yeah. all the stuff like punk rock is punk rock, right? right. And it, it was scary, and his parents took him to Southern California, and so he vanished overnight. And he just thought we just kept going. He didn't know that I quit the band because I because I, then I was just like, uh, if, we we played,
1: him, yeah. if we don't have him, yeah. We don't have, so yeah.
2: And then, you know, and Adam was like kind of on track to where he ended up like going to Harvard and now has like this big corporate successful thing. And, and you know, so the everything, the way it was, just kind of deteriorated a bit, you know. Um, Terrence kept going. And they—he's uh,
0: the guitar player. He's a guitar okay. player,
2: and he started singing. And they were signed to Sub Pop. They toured wow. Europe three times. You know, it's so like,
0: Terence did like a different band. He kind of no.
2: He kept the same band, same band, same, band, cool. same name. Yeah. Um. He just wrote a bunch of new songs. and cool. Had my younger brother singing for a little oh, while, cool. and um. But he just didn't quit. So You
0: stopped because it just kind of stopped being. I stopped the thing because that was it was like yeah, kind it was like not.
2: You. Not like. For me, I was like. Okay, so I did that. Sure. I did it. Well, I, I feel did like, like that's I wanted to what do. we were kind
0: of talking about before. Yeah. We didn't quite say it, but like, if you're the type of person who like needs a, a project, like a yeah. new project, kind of once you do it, it's like, well, I did what's done.
2: Yeah. And I just yeah. thought about it. I was like, I don't want to really get in a van and drive around. Sure. And like, it was I want the
0: experience yeah. of making the thing. And then, yeah, yeah, it needed to kind of,
2: and I think I was experiencing in 10th grade. I was just like, I don't really want to smoke pot and I don't really want to listen to super negative music all day anymore. And I just, I'd like rediscovered the Beatles and I was thinking about poetry and art and music and, you know, and then I was like, well, I I was like, yeah, I want I want a beautiful girlfriend and a guitar and poetry and I want, you Know, I want to make art and I'm like, I'm maybe I'm this, yeah, you know, maybe I'm going to do this now, okay? So it's like a kind of an identity shift, you know, and I,
1: yeah,
2: I mean, I started dressing differently and yeah. like just changed everything, yeah, again, and uh, you know, but it's still identified as a punk rocker. I mean, yeah. I still loved that music and I still like that was my ethos, you know, yeah. like where you can, like, I can do what I want to do, yeah, and. Then I was just doing art, although I hadn't taken any art classes at all. It was all
0: still just like self-motivated. Yeah,
2: I really avoided, like I knew, like I would go to the art room and take supplies. Yeah. And so I'd have a drawing I was always working on. It was on art class paper. So I guess other teachers assumed I was working on an art class project, Mm -hmm. but it was just my project So I'd go into each class, tape my drawing down to the desk and draw until someone told me to stop. Yeah.
0: We're doing geometry now.
2: Well, it's funny you say geometry because my geometry teacher was just like, okay, listen, I'm going to pass you as long as your drawing has something to do with geometry. Yeah. You know, you
0: went back to shapes. You were like, okay. So in the fifth grade, I learned how to shade circles. So I can do that.
2: Right. And I think (laughs) she just passed me anyway. Yeah. And I had a lot of help from a lot of great teachers. And That's
0: great. You yeah. you had teachers in other mediums that were like Well, it was my, my some, English teacher, yeah. my
2: French teacher, my Spanish teacher, my geometry teacher. Yeah. But especially um my English teacher. Yeah. Um Shirley Collins, whose former husband had been Jazzbo Collins the Great, um jazz DJ in Chicago. Cool. And, and her son, Brad Collins, was the uh, punk rock DJ. So I already knew him. I Brad cool. had set up our first shows. Cool, cool. And when I found out Mrs. Collins was Brad's mom, I was like, wow, like Mrs. Yeah. Collins. And she... <laughs> Mrs. Collins. Mrs. Collins. And she really she kind of saved my life is how how I feel. And my brother, Greg feels the same way because she identified us as artists, told Mm. us we were artists. That's so important. But she didn't, she just, she didn't stop there. She told all the other teachers Wow. and she took care of us.
0: Yeah. That's really amazing. Like she took care of you in the sense that like, maybe you weren't doing that well in some classes, but she was like, this child has like something important.
2: Yeah, 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 like that's really cool, right? And Greg, my younger brother, Greg, he he was so out of control and so mischievous. He got kicked out of like five schools. Wow, and yeah. then just dropped out. And then yeah. we didn't see him for a long yeah. time. And um, you know, but you know, now he's famous. You know, he does great, great art. Wow. But um, but um, what I wanted to say was like, what happened as a result of that teacher, like really supporting me i got Seeing on the I, she was like here's your you know i was writing poetry and she's like you're actually good at this and you should be on the literary magazine staff so i was on the literary mm. magazine staff i was writing poems getting them published in that little high school magazine yeah and then i was doing the cover art and stuff too cool and the, she
0: gave you like a yeah an out she gave you like a of an outlet, like a, a place to be doing things. Yeah,
2: Well, she just recognized what I was doing yeah. and she told me what I was doing. That's huge. You know? like, I mean, this yeah. this is important stuff. You can yeah. do this in college. This is like yeah. your, this is your track. So she, she, with her support, I started, you know, I was doing poetry readings and winning awards. And um, then I was, you know, then I won the, the Sterling Scholar Award for yeah. art then I was winning drama meets like, cause I was like, well, I can do Shakespeare. Mm. So, wow. You
0: were doing like everything. You were in all the mediums.
2: Yeah. I was in all of them and I can do all of them. Yeah, I mean, you know, I was on the opera training program at the university of Utah for a little while. I changed my major three times. So I was doing, I was doing theater. I was doing music. I was doing art. Um, I was taking poetry workshops with Larry Levis and Mark Strand. Wow. And Um. I, I graduated, it took me 10 years to get a, bachelor's degree because I took some, I just took just whatever classes I wanted. Everything. Yeah. yeah that's I really just did. Cool. I was just doing everything.
0: I have a couple of questions. I want to know, first of all, you know, when you're talking about like, well, I love Picasso and into surrealism. And then like, you know, I felt this, I, I felt something about punk rock and I was writing poetry. Mm-hmm. Um, How did you like, I'm trying to think of exactly what I want to ask. Maybe I'll say it this way. I think when I was, like a, an older child and a teen, I was really interested in that kind of thing too. Like I Mm -hmm. would, like, I remember I watched like the movie, the fountain, um, Uh. which is kind of like a surrealist type of a movie. Um, and it, it was like on TV, like it was, I watched it and I remember like, you know, one of my parents would walk in, you know, walked in and was like, what the heck is this? And like, I'm sitting there having this like profound experience (laughs) and my family is like laughing at it, which was like, that was just what my childhood was like. I would like read a book and be like, wow, this is like unlike anything. Or, you know, we'd be at a museum or something and I'd be like having this reaction to something and then have my parents be behind me like, this is stupid. You know, like that's just like what my experience was. Or like I would, I would like, I really liked, um... I saw um, like PBS was running like the the nicely shot um, Cats. Like, sure. You know, there was like, there's uh-huh. this famous like video of it. And PBS had it and I caught it on videotape. I was probably mm. like 10, 11. Yeah. And like, I would just watch that videotape of Cats. Like I couldn't get enough of it. And I liked mm-hmm. the music. It was weird. And my parents were just like, why do you like this? It's so creepy. <laughs> Um, well, it so, is
2: creepy, but yeah. it's beautiful
0: It's And I you almost know, was interested in it because yeah. it was different, you know, like I yeah. just was like, what is this? And like, I was interested in like the sheer fact that someone like made something that wasn't just like at face value, like yeah. shiny entertainment right? You know, I was interested in like this, the, you know, not that cats is like subversive, you right. know, but I was interested in the, in the, the art non- is
2: subversive Sure. Yeah. yeah. And
0: so, you know, as I, as a child felt kind of like moved by like what was weird or what was different, Mm -hmm. I also was really in the habit of checking that Mm -hmm. and being like, am I weird? Like, is this weird? Mm -hmm. So maybe I just like, I'm totally missing context, but I mean, I guess what I'm asking is like, did you feel like you had to have a sort of Bravery or anything in order to just like accept the stuff that you liked, or were just there people in your life that were like, Yeah, Picasso's cool. What about it? Well, I mean, does that make sense? Like, I just yeah, want to totally know if it, if it, yeah, if it, if it was mean, subversive for you to like that stuff, or if it was like it was okay for you to like that stuff.
2: Well, I mean, I think. Uh, I didn't care. I just, yeah, I didn't, it just wasn't I didn't, an issue. It just wasn't a thing. Yeah. Like if, so if, if you had somebody a child like in
0: my it. home, you still would have just been like, whatever I'm into it.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, like, you know, I mean, I mean, I remember things hurting my feelings. Like, like I was super into, um, and I had a, I had a great friend who was a drummer when I was like, I guess fifth, sixth, 7th grade my friend Sean was this phenomenal unbelievable drummer and he had and his story was really rough because he was a really tough kid who knew he was tough and that became his identity because when he was like 5 he he fell out the back of a station wagon on the freeway oh my gosh and tumbled you yeah. know and he was fine and, crazy. Yeah, uh, yeah. So he, he knew he was tough. But he lost two older brothers at, both in motorcycle accidents. Wow. And they'd been they'd both been drummers, I think. And mm. um, so and then he had another brother, an older brother, Brian, who was like a, another great drummer. And um and Sean, there were just all these drums in the house, and Sean became and I and I always imagined it was like that must. Have been like his morning process for his Mm. brothers. Like he picked up their drumsticks and just like played, and he was just a little boy. But I mean, in sixth grade, he could play through, um, all of Moving Pictures by Rush. You Mm. know, he could play. Yeah, he could play all the Neil Pert stuff. Yeah, you know. Cool. And um, so and and I would hang out with him at his house, and he'd just play drums and I just sit, we just like, you know, we, we'd mow the lawn, we'd hang out, we'd ride our bikes, we'd get into trouble, we'd go play drums, you know, and I couldn't do it, you know, and he'd try to teach me and I was like, not that good. Yeah. Um, I mean, I had a drum set too, because I was like, I'd already gotten into that before I knew Sean, but, and I, but I could, you know, just do like some basic rhythms and that was all I could handle. but. Sean could play anything and that exposed me to a different kind of music. I'd never heard Rush except maybe like, you know, teenagers who were smoking cigarettes and playing Rush really loud at the swimming pool. Like that, that was a thing. Yeah. That's the first time I heard Rush, but
0: yeah. So are you saying is like what I was trying to say and I was
2: going on for a long time, but the point was I was super into this music. Yeah. And I really wanted my parents to love it too, mm. you know? So I would drag the stereo into the kitchen yeah. while my parents are in there and play Rush. Yeah. <laughs> like, because it was like, to me, it was revelatory, Yeah, yeah you know? Right. And to them, yeah. it was just like, stop, yeah. you know?
0: And that hurt, would hurt your feelings. That's what you were saying. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, that would hurt yeah. my
2: feelings. Like, I don't, like if they didn't, you know, I wanted. Like, why aren't you having this like, experience? Uh, yeah. I just kind of thought everybody would get it. Yeah. you know oh my gosh that's and so relatable i, I still I think,
0: I still feel like that
2: yeah, all the time. <laughs> you still want you know you still want that connection with other yeah. people like you don't want to have that because you're having this profound spiritual experience with a piece of art and yeah, you want you other people to share it you yeah. want to share it yeah and um you know but with but, a little you know some time passes and you realize oh you know this can be just for me and that's yeah. That's really good too. But
0: you had enough experiences in your life where someone else is like, "This is all." Th- I think this is cool too.
2: I had nothing like that except, like, well, I don't know. My aunt Pamela, she really saw what I was doing and liked it, and I could tell cool. she approved. But yeah, when I got to high school, that that teacher, Mrs. Collins, incurred, Mrs. Collins just I like it. she, man, she changed everything. Yeah, and that's then, really and, cool. And then I was determined to go to go to the University of Utah. And I applied and didn't get in. Mm. And I was like, nah, that's unacceptable. What did
0: you think your major was going to be at the beginning? Art, uh, Like visual art. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then you were doing opera, like that was a second, like a minor or something? Well,
2: what happened was, I guess, um, I did most of the first year and like the foundation program at the U and I did get in and I can tell you that story, but, but I, yeah, it's so like, I, I kind of like talked my way in. Yeah. And, but, um, it, I changed my major. I went, um, I think I did, I did acting first because I just, I just got bored Yeah. with the art program because mm-hmm. it was, um, you know, like draw here. We, we're going to do the, we're gonna, cause like the first year you're not dealing with, um, you're not making anything really. Yeah. You're not painting. So it just and, wasn't
0: like work. It was that same institutional thing. Well, it was hard. It was. I
2: mean, it was hard in a way. It was hard to. It was. It was hard because it was so boring. Yeah. Um, I wasn't. It wasn't built for your brain. No, I was in there and I was like, I remember the first week of class. Like, you know, I'm in this drawing class and the guy's like, "Yeah, well, so first we once we learn to draw," and I'm like, "What have you already? What do I can draw? I can already draw. (laughs) Can I skip? Yeah. Can I go do?" something.
0: I have one more, just like quick question. Do you remember there being like a time when you kind of thought like, I'm going to be a professional artist or was it with Mrs. Collins or like, I I'm wondering like if it was kind of a given or did you have to kind of be like, you know, I think I'm going to pursue this professionally.
2: Well, yeah, I thought that until I got out of school and then I got scared.
0: You mean out of college?
2: Yeah. Okay. Mm
0: -hmm. But in, but like when you're like going to declare a major, it was, yeah. it was kind of more of a given. It For wasn't sure. like, yeah, okay. I was
2: very precocious. And I okay. thought, I thought I'm gonna, I'm going to go to New York. I'm going to be famous. I'm going to do, or like, maybe I, like, I really thought that. Okay. You know? Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, great. I like, just
2: figured I would just do whatever I, I just figured I would just make it happen. Like what? And
0: it I, was all, but I think my question is like, mm-hmm. it was, it was always going to be art. Yeah. Like there wasn't a there, you didn't have to kind of decide like is it art or am i gonna be a (laughs) businessman no okay yeah i just want to ask i mean because i do think for some people like it is a bit of a radical choice to pursue art but for some people it, it seems inevitable it's like um you know everything you're doing as a teen is art. And it's just like, of course this is what I'm going to do. So I just, I just want to ask, but it seems clear that like you were doing all the mediums you were doing everything. So it was always going to be art. It was just kind of a matter of like yeah, what kind and where. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's, that's true for sure. Okay. So you
0: went to the U. Um, I, I do want to spend like some good time talking about like your professional, like your profession. Okay. So, during maybe I'll just ask this yeah. during the time that you were working on your bachelor's degree, which you said took like 10 years, is that yeah. an exaggeration or is that real?
2: That's I went for yeah That's, yes, that's accurate. A, that's okay. A, it was a decade. Great. Okay. Yeah. I didn't
0: want to like assume and have you be like, it wasn't actually it was ten, years. 10, like, it was years. 10 years. Like yeah, okay. it was
2: 10 years. Okay. Off and on. I wasn't, I wasn't always in sure. school. I was like, you know, I was working in restaurants and that was another thing that I became, I, I fell in love with like cooking. Yeah. Cooking. Yeah. yeah. Or like, were you um, like a waiter? <laughs> I was a waiter, okay. but I, cool. but, and I, and depending on my mood, you'd either have the best experience or the worst yeah. <laughs> experience, I can, but I, I loved, but I loved the kitchen. I loved yeah. being back there and like, well, it's also I loved, creative.
1: I mean, it's very
2: creative. Yeah. It's high intensity. It's yeah. like, it's a very stressful job and so, and it was hard. It's a hard job. And I was yeah. proud. I was proud to be doing that work.
0: So during those 10 years that you were like in and out of school, were you at any point in those 10 years, like making money doing art? Yeah. Okay. Uh So how how did that like, so lots of times when I talk to artists who take a lot of time in school, it's because they're already kind of, they're already doing it. And then it's like, well, I kind of want to finish my degree or I kind of want to learn more, but I'm also kind of already doing it. So maybe just like, can you give me, just like as much as possible, a snapshot of that decade. Okay. What were you getting paid for okay. in art?
2: <clears throat> okay. So mostly I was getting paid for waiting tables, right? Yeah. And wherever, whatever restaurant I was in. But when I needed a, some extra income, I would take my, like a portfolio of drawings and I'd go into my favorite neighborhoods with the best houses and I'd knock yeah. on the doors and I'd, just oh my gosh. show people my drawings and ask them cold to buy sell. Them. Cold sell. Yeah. yeah. And I would do that. And my dad trained me to do that because my dad was an insurance salesman and a cool. really tough guy, you know, oldest son of a wow. coal miner in West Virginia who was on his own at 17. So you were and
0: just making these like direct to customer sales.
2: Yeah, but I had the confidence to do that because my, my dad, I saw my dad cold calling people on Saturday mornings out of the phone book, you know, yeah. and he did, he, he made great money. Doing this thing and he, he always had this thing, like his ethic was, you don't work for anybody else. You don't do anything that's beneath you. You don't like, you just, you do what you want. You pursue it, you know, hard. Yeah. And you know, that's, and that's life. And, but then I go, well, I'm going to do art. And he's like, wait, no that's like, yeah, the
0: same as my dad you know, he's like yeah. that's
2: crazy talk you know <laughs> yeah and, So, like
0: you can be an right. entrepreneur and like go get him but like not that though yeah yeah, yeah.
2: so but i mean he came around he yeah, he called the dean of the art department and asked some questions and mine, he was like okay well maybe no <laughs> well <laughs> i'm sorry it's okay but, but so i would go around and sell drawings um i would um you know have t-shirts printed up with drawings on them cool and sell them at Sell so them on campus. I don't know. Just I was always I would walk around the backpack full of T-shirts or something. You're
0: hustling. That's so. That's so. Like, that's well. That's I cool. mean, that's
2: important. Totally. You gotta. You have. to, You yeah. have to be able to do that.
0: I think so too. But you yeah. know, again, I talk to a lot of artists who kind mm-hmm. of think hustling is like blasphemous. You know, no,
2: that's okay. Think I <laughs> I agree.
0: But I mean, that's that's why I like doing yeah. this podcast because you know. When I started this podcast, I knew that artists were different. Yeah. But artists are more different than I thought.
2: Yeah, no, it's just like anybody. You yeah. Know? I mean, I like it.
0: Yeah. I, gonna, and it it proves to me again and again and again
2: mm-hmm.
0: that it's not about, it. I don't think it's about like, um, I don't think there's a certain kind of personality that like lends itself to art. All right. kinds of people are in art.
1: Yeah. And there's um, all kinds
2: of art. Totally. Yeah.
0: And the things that that's why I'm fascinated in, like, if we're all different, Mm -hmm. somehow we manage to maintain creativity into adulthood. So like what happened? Like, how are we doing it? And you're doing it by hustling. I was kind of doing it by hustling. Other people are doing it in totally different ways. Yeah. It's very fascinating to
2: me. Well, I don't have to hustle anymore. Yeah. Well, I just mean I just put them in a crate. Sure, you know,
0: (laughs) but yeah, but that was an important part of the beginning. Yeah, um, were you doing sculpture, or I mean, or mostly paintings and drawings back then?
2: Well, okay, so I was doing no sculpture except in school. Yeah, we still
0: haven't like talked. How did you start doing bronze? I mean, I still don't know. Oh well, I guess I was (laughs) like such a big thing. Maybe I do hustle
2: still. Um, Yeah, but. I knew I could sculpt because, um, and uh, I knew I could, I knew I could do it and I had an idea and I wanted to do it. So I did it. But, um, the, I mean, in school I was, um, I mean, we're going back to my favorite professor was, he was Angelo Caravaglia and he said, um, I mean, yeah, he said everything. He said everything right. And this was before the te- you know kids could grade their teachers and fill out the little evaluation cards yeah. like you couldn't there was nothing like that yeah. and in the you know the the s- no smoking rule was kind of new on campus yeah. and he would still smoke <laughs> oh my and gosh. he was just like smoking his pipe he's like the students I'm going to smoke
0: yeah he was Italian
2: he was, he was yeah I'm Sicilian. guessing from the he last was name yeah and the accent yeah yeah and he and he would he would like. Walk around the class and he'd say, "Some of you are wasting your parents' money. Uh, there should be an entrance exam. I could have you draw on the blackboard for thirty seconds, and yeah. I would know."
0: Mm.
2: Listen to me. Do you think that's <laughs> yeah. Do you think that's
0: true? Yeah, I do. You do. I
2: think he was right, and he said, "He's like, if you have a choice to do anything else, yeah, do it. Yeah, you know, like." Because this is a hard life, this is a hard job. You don't know what you are getting into. Yeah. You are wasting your parents' money, and you should be in the communications department. And he said that, and he not only that, but like after when the, when the assignments were due, he'd put all the tables together, all the work tables. He'd put them in a long line through the sculpture studio, and then he'd he'd line them up from best to worst rough and once in a while he'd knock the last one into the trash can at the end of the table. That's horrible. Well, no, it's not because, because that's what the world is going to do to you and you have to have a thick skin. And the only inevitably the one that was in the garbage was done the night before. Okay, yeah, you know what I okay, mean. So yeah. it was like yeah. he wasn't throwing somebody's effort. It's not like a matter away. of a
0: opi- yeah. It's not like an yeah. opinion situation. It's like there was no. It's, so he could here. see. He could sure. see it
2: was like you phoned it in. You were lazy, sure, sure, and sure, sure, sure. He, he was condemning that. And yeah, he did yeah. it. And he did it harshly. And um, yeah,
0: that's a different thing than just like having yeah. a, a difference of taste. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, I think that's important to say. Yeah, but yeah. he
2: encouraged me by you know, and I I remember. One time, you know, I, we would sculpt the figure and I'm doing it. I'm sculpting. We have this great model and I'm like, yeah, I think I got this one right. It's going great. And there it is. And I, I'm like, and I just stand back and here comes Angelo. And I'm just like, what are you going to say about this? Yeah, And he goes, he goes, what are you going to do now? Gloat?
0: Mm, Knock it down. Yeah. Do it again. Reminded you you to be. Well, yeah, yeah,
2: but but at the same time, he was like, I like you, you know, you have talent, and you need to work hard. So all talent does is give you, or a facility, you know, you have a facility for something. So now what you have is an opportunity to compete with other people who have the same kind of facilities. And whoever works harder is going to, you know, be better kind of pull really? ahead yeah yeah so
0: so um just so that i know like i kind of have an idea of how to connect like then to now mm-hmm. um now what are the things that you like get paid for like what are the t- what are the types of things that you do professionally
2: now because mm-hmm.
0: you you do a lot so i like i don't want to like ask about i just paint? i mean
2: they're paying my paintings well, I know you're also doing yeah. bronze.
0: I know you are. I, yeah, and that's so. a new thing. That's okay. a new thing. Cool. Um
2: so far, uh only two bronze sculptures have, have hit the galleries and um they've they just you know, and it's been during the pandemic. Yeah. So I don't know how they're gonna that's be received new. That's commercially. New okay, cool. The people seem enthusiastic about them. I love them. Yeah, I do too. And I yeah. love sculpting.
0: Yeah. Um But sculpting in general, you haven't done that much of that professionally, is that right? Okay, okay, Um, because I think I found you because I was googling like. Utah bronze workers.
2: So, oh <laughs> <Well>, um, great. <laughs> so, yeah. So,
0: because I, because you know, I try, I try to make sure that I have bro- like a breadth of medium, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um. So I found your bronze work first, yeah. and then right. I was like, he also paints. But now I'm realizing, yeah, I it's write more-
2: songs. I write songs too. Cool. I yeah, that, so. <laughs> so
0: it's so mostly you paint.
2: Yeah. Per- okay. Like that's what I do for money. Okay. For
0: sure. Okay. Cool. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. and then you're not yet for money with the bronze. But well, maybe. they're in galleries. They're yeah. for
2: sale. Okay. And they're cool. s- they you know they're situated next to the paintings and they are you know the subject matter is similar to the it's paintings. Really, it's like a series. It's a series. So you
0: do you 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 do a sculpture and, and mm-hmm. cast it in bronze mm-hmm. and then you also paint on the bronze. Is that right? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool.
2: Or and I do a I'll do a foundry proof. So I'll do the first one and that's like the key for their um for their um patina painter and the patina artist will do like you know the rest of the series when it as as their cast there's somebody at the foundry who can do that work mm. uh i don't have to do it every time okay. you know so unless they, i want to change the paint job okay you cool. know which i do cool. so
0: that they can yeah. like produce many of them
2: yeah cuz they're the editions are you know the first edition of the, is a series of 30 and then the next one is 25. And so there's a lot to do. Cool. A lot is planned. Yeah. You know, so. Cool.
0: Okay. So how mm. many years, for how many years have you been like a full-time artist?
2: Uh, let's see. 19 years. Okay.
0: Awesome. Mm. What do you want to tell me about those years? Like, I don't want to well, ask specific questions. Cause you know, what's fun. cool.
2: <laughs> Great. It's just amazingly fun. Just like, Oh man, just like you wake up. That's what my day is like. I wake up and I think, oh my God, I'm going to, I know what's in the studio and I just think, oh wow. whoa!" And I just, I just gather myself for a minute. Like, oh, (laughs) like I know what I'm doing today. And then I go in the kitchen and I make coffee and I, you know. Now I'm doing the Wim Hof thing, so I take the cold shower and cool. you know, and like have this whole morning routine, and maybe I go on a run or maybe you know whatever, and then around eleven I go into the studio, which is really you know just like uh, the outbuilding behind my house, and and I, I and that's another thing I've, I've oh I can't stand the idea of working around other artists because they're knocking on your door or you're knocking on their door you're distracting each other. And it's like, I like to be alone. Yeah. You know? And um, so I go out to the studio and I'm in there like, I I work for two hours and then I take a break. Then I work for two hours and I take a break. Um, And I try to get up to, you know, six or eight hours a day. Yeah. Something like that or or maybe it's just a bad day maybe i didn't sleep well so I just, but i don't have to go to work yeah so yeah i just i just go take care of myself yeah you know and i think that's really important that's number 1 if you're a person or but but anybody you like your self care and your your mental health and your physical health like yeah. your emotional spiritual selves are like you know that's important to like that's the first thing You know, you have to be, you have to be strong. You have to have some endurance, some capacity to put your attention somewhere for a long period of time.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, what has been like challenging about it? And you can talk Mm. about like practical stuff or like, you know,
2: well, all the good things, all the good things, there's like, everything's a double edged sword, you know, like, um, I like being alone, but you get lonely. Yeah, I like, you know, working really hard, but, um, then you work, you really do work really hard, you know, and that you exhaust yourself. And when you have a show, it's like, sometimes if if you get behind schedule or you change your idea or some, a pain doesn't work out, you're still like, you're still, you know, you're up against the wall and you, you're still having to like stay up really, really late And work really really hard and exhaust yeah. yourself and you're grumpy and you know then your relationships suffer yeah. and like this so you give it but you have to give everything to it yeah or it won't work
0: it seems like you have a very like there's a common thread of like you're you're a confident person like you're a confident artist it seems like that to me mm-hmm. ha- have there been like do you have to do you ever have to deal with like doubt about like whether you're making something yeah like what what is that like or or
2: crushing yeah fear and doubt and yeah yeah Uh, yeah. because you haven't said
0: anything about any of that yet so like is that a thing that happens that's not the
2: that's not the the happy part of it you know but sure
0: but it is important it is like i do think it's important to let people hear you know i think creativity is important i think art is important that's why i have this podcast i want artists to tell their stories talk about how do they do it and i think it's easy for people mm-hmm. the public would be artists you know whoever to look at someone like you and maybe think like well i can't be like him cuz it's hard for me you know which of course is like that i'm sure that's not how you see it mm-hmm. but um but i do like to hear the stories of like how do you In a practical way, like deal with that stuff of like, is this the right, am I working on the right thing? Is this going to be, am I going to be able to execute it the way I want?
2: Yeah, Will
0: someone want it?
2: Well, I think that in a creative endeavor or when you, when you're in a creative field, you're going to doubt yourself. And if you don't doubt yourself... Something wrong, you know. I mean, I think so too. I yeah, but eventually, I think you got to realize, and you got to look at your heroes. You know, look to your heroes. You know, like what do you admire uh, about not just about their work, but about them? Like, what is it? What what is that confidence? And it's like somebody I admire is Neil Young, Mm -hmm. right? And he's um, just gonna do what he wants, and he's just not as good as a lot of musicians. He yeah. just never was. Yeah. But you know, but he's so much better at being himself yeah. than anybody else on the planet right. that he he realized maybe I don't know if he thought about it or thinks about it. I've I don't I'm not aware of him speaking about it, but um, I mean. Once you, once you really learn to express yourself and be who you are and embrace that person and love that person yeah. and take care of that person, that person's free to do their thing. Yeah. And there's probably some value in it. You know, if you're driven to you have to, you just, you have to trust yourself. You yeah. can doubt yourself. You can fall on the floor and cry. Yeah. And if you don't, there's something wrong, you know, mm-hmm. but- um,
0: it's maybe you about, have to like, get up and, and do with it. Yeah, yeah,
2: you got to get up and do it again, and do I it again, and do it too, again. Because like, nobody can yeah. beat you at being you. Right.
0: That's why. That's the thing that I was thinking about when you were talking about the teacher knocking the thing into the garbage. And I'm thinking, like, is he knocking Neil Young into the garbage? You know. Yeah. But it's not that. It's like maybe it is though. Yeah. But
2: what would Neil Young do if right. somebody knocked his thing into the garbage? You just point. make another one. Good point. Good point. Good yeah. point.
0: Yeah. No, I think you're right. And I think, you know, I like to ask these questions partly because, you know, a lot of, a lot of artists answer them kind of the way you did, which is like, well, yeah, of course I feel that. But like, Mm -hmm. it's not the thing I think about and I don't get stuck on it. It's not that it's some kind of a superpower. It's just like, I love making the thing. Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep making the thing. Or like, you know, I was talking with one of my students the other day. I, I just put out a new album. Um, and, and I'm not that prolific of a, of an artist. Like I'm the type of person that bakes a project for a long time mm-hmm. and try and you know, kind of gets meta about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's you know, it's a big deal for me. Um, and I was talking to one of my students who's an, an I guess she's a young adult, mm-hmm. older teen. I think she's 19. Mm-hmm. And, um, she was talking to me about like, she's very talented and, um, you know, doesn't put a lot of action in very talented, but like doesn't always take a lot of that ownership or that action. Yeah. And I was like, why don't you do it? Like people would like it. Like, why don't you do it? And she said, you know, kind of this typical thing of like, well, what if I'm rejected? Like, what if people don't, you know? And I was like, fine. But like, you know, that same day I had sent, um, like 200 emails to different, like, music publications with a press release mm-hmm. you know about my new album like mm-hmm. like literally 200 and i've gotten like maybe 10 like write ups yeah which is like th- that's great <laughs> you know yeah. like plenty of people yeah. could send 200 yeah. and get none you know <laughs> um and and then it's like well someone might be looking at that and being like you have 10 blog write ups about your new album like uh-huh. that's so lucky and i'm like but i sent 200 you yeah, know, yeah. but it's just like, I'm not even thinking about that. Cause like as soon as, you know, one, two, three come in, I'm just like, pff, I'm not thinking about, I'm not thinking about the literally 190 yeah. that I never, that probably didn't even get opened a, right. a lot of them. Yeah,
2: And you got to account for that. Yeah.
0: Anyway. So I think my point is just like, I know that that like doubt and that kind of like the, 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 underbelly as it were is there it's there um and i like asking artists about it even if their answer is just like "Ah, i don't think about it because that's the answer you know like it's not that it's not there
2: yeah so you're yeah it's there you're coping with it somehow yeah you know but then maybe
0: the way you're coping with it is like i don't focus on it or i listen to it and think like what do i do like Mm -hmm. why am i feeling this like you were saying before like what's wrong with this painting? Like, right. why is it wrong? Why does it feel wrong to me? Yeah. And use that as like a, yeah,
2: but a at clue. the same time, if one, if one gets out of the studio and, you know, ends up out in the world embarrassing you, you know, because it's not what it should have been and not what you meant it to be. Yeah. It's like, you have to take responsibility for that too. Yeah. And, yeah. well, I you think know, that's what I mean. Like, yeah,
0: using those things as clues, like what, what is wrong about this? Why do I feel wrong about it? And taking, taking that, that doubt or that kind of like feeling like this isn't good enough and taking it as like your intuition, like this requires action from me now. Right. Um, okay. Let's talk about, um, Like the podcast is called artifice because I'm curious in like what happens between what we see and what you feel. Mm-hmm. And I just, I like to ask artists about the relationship between themselves and their art. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe first I want to ask in your experience and you can talk about like now or like in the past, you know, whatever, what, how do you balance like what inspires you and what you're innovating?
2: Okay. Um, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like what you like, what you respond to and then what you do. Yeah. Like, like how much does it show up as an, like the, your influences show up in your work. Yes. Like that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's weird because like what inspires me in other artists. Doesn't really make me want to do something like they're doing. Mm -hmm. It's what inspires me is that they did that. You know, like yeah. I get to see, like, like, I don't, I don't want to see a lot of the same thing. Yeah, You know, like I don't like just the same, like, I don't, my record collection has a lot of stuff in it, Yeah, you know? And I like, like if it sounds good, it is good. Yeah. Duke so Ellington. It's more like, you know? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So for me, it shows up in, it just makes me go, well, I want to push myself. Right. Know, I can see that somebody's so dedicated and like like my favorite kind of artists are people who are consumed by it. Like they're just like uh, <laughs> you know, and I don't feel like I'm enough of this. Like yeah. I don't feel like I live it as hard mm. as some people that I see out there. You know, and Instagram has really become cool for this. Like you yeah. can really see You know, I mean, people curate their lives on Instagram for sure, but you can really see, you get a feeling for how committed somebody is and like Mm -hmm. what they're doing and how Mm -hmm. they live their lives because, you know, your artwork, like the paintings you make or the music you make and all of that, that's, those are just an extension of what your life really is, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and how you think and how you, what the, the clothes you wear, the, things you surround yourself with, the place you choose to live or, or travel to, um, the food you eat, the friends you have, the, like everything is part of it. It's Mm. all Mm -hmm. like, what is, what world are you living in? What did you create for yourself? Yeah. And what are, what's, what example are you setting? And when I see somebody that is like living it passionately all the way, they have multiple interests. They love people and things or, or just hate them and want to isolate. And I see that too. And I love those kind of artists too, but whoever is being really true to themselves and showing an example of what it's like to, um, commit a hundred percent. Yeah. I don't care what happens. I'm this, you know?
0: So when you're, when you're balancing like your own kind of imagination and innovation with like, what inspires you mm-hmm. um, balancing it with some sort of imitation. It's maybe it's not about the paintings, but it's like yeah. I'm inspired by the extent to which this artist is like yeah. digging in or the skill I do that. level
2: and how okay. they pursue it and what, how they push it. I mean, sometimes you see people that have incredible skill, but like, it, some they produce something that's kind of dry, and then they then you see somebody who's got like very little skill, but they're producing something that's so juiced, you Amen. know it's just like yeah. beautiful spiritual stuff, and you just know their heart, yeah and yeah i so it's such i'm a inspired mystery that yeah, way. I'm just inspired by people who give it all they've got, yeah, and
0: uh, me too yeah um let's talk about like um I'd love to know the relationship between like yourself and the art you make? Like, do you feel like you're in it? Like, how much is the art you, how much are you the art?
2: Well, I mean.
0: Or like another way,
2: Certain paintings are more like me than others, but maybe. I mean, they're all different. You know, they're Mm. all. It's like I have some things that are like, you know. I'm very inter- like I'm very interested in Zen. I'm very interested in play. I'm very interested in music. I'm very interested in uh, you know. I have a lot of things, yeah. and those things show up in the paintings. You know, like I did a series of still lifes that were just still life paintings of cardboard boxes, yeah. and those were really about kind of a a centeredness and inwardness yeah. and a and a glowing place in time where you are totally present you know and that was that's what those paintings are about and that's like a that's something that's um true to my experience like that you know and then the other things are like playful somehow irreverent sometimes but
0: do you feel like your art is consistently like reflecting your experience like in some way
2: well, I mean, I look back on it and I can th- look at things that are, you know, I remember what was going on at this time in my life. Yeah. And then I look at the paintings I was doing and what's consistent about it is that like, even if things are like, even if I'm going through like a hard time, yeah, the paintings are good. <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know what I mean, like I look back and I go oh yeah. well i re- I remember, and I'm kind of amazed I'm like, God, how did I do that when I was like going through that stuff and like what had i, I like the painting like I connect to a place in myself, yeah, that's pure, sure. you know, and like like you go into the studio and you just like everything else in the universe yeah. is distant,
1: yeah. Maybe
2: or maybe wanna, it's closer. I don't know. Sure. You're, but you're connected to, yeah. your, to yourself and your creativity and you do your thing and you produce something yeah. that you yourself approve of and offer to the world. Yeah.
0: Maybe I want to ask, like, when you set out to paint, do you feel like, and like, does, you know, I'm asking this in kind of like an either or kind of way, but I'm with the understanding that. It's not binary. Okay. <laughs> I'm, you know, words are words. Yeah. But But uh, do you feel like generally you, you're you setting out to expre- express something? Or do you feel like you have an idea for a painting and then like the expression is just kind of part of it? You know what I mean? Like is, is your goal to express something? Or is it like, I want to paint this thing and like some piece of my expression will be there? Well... Like, do, like, do you feel like you are, it is, is it about expression or is it about like?
2: No, I don't yeah. think about that. I don't, okay. I don't. I mean, it's a, I mean, expression is automatic, you know? Yeah, that's like, kind of what um, I mean. So yeah. then what
0: are you thinking about? Like, I'm if it's not th- about like, I have this thing, I need to express it. I'm
2: thinking about painting.
0: Yeah. I'm thinking How, about painting. I like, cause I like, like begin.
2: Well, the idea begins through, for me, the idea begins through play and experimentation. Okay. You know? Or, I mean, I have had moments where I've been inspired by somebody else's work. I can't say that I haven't, you know? Well, we all Um, do. Yeah. And so, like, oh, I want to make something. I want to make something kind of like with that vibe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But not that image, but like, you know?
0: Well, I do stuff like that. Like, I want to make something that, like, you know, this time period Madonna would have made, you know, like sometimes it's more like an an artist.
2: You can challenge yourself with that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, well, I, and then my other question is, do you, so I feel like a lot of people, you know, I, I'm really interested in the idea of authenticity in art. I feel mm-hmm. like artists will sometimes talk about being authentic and I, and I sometimes feel like, well, authentic to when, like to which version of you, like to which age of you, you know, yeah. like, which is why I, like, I'm, I'm interested in these identity things because I, I typically think it's more complicated than we like to sometimes summarize. Yeah. Um, and I think the most typical answer is some version of whatever I'm going through is reflected in the art. But I think there's maybe a separate thing which I'm wondering if is more like what you like of doing something with the art, and then it's almost like then then yourself kind of is changed because you did that experiment or you did that play or you did that project hmm. um or is there something else like I just I kind of like to know what is the relationship between the art and the artist does making the art like change the artist Mm -hmm. does a change in the artist change the art
2: well I mean it goes back and I know it's not binary yeah it goes back and forth really I mean I think that your experience will inform what you're making yeah and then what you made last time is going to necessarily lead you to the next thing like did you learn something yeah and Or, you know, the idea that you, that you came to, you know, that's why you'll see like a series keep evolving. Yeah. You know, like somebody's committed to an idea and, you know, now they're still doing that idea, but with this little twist on it, because it was something they thought of while they were doing the last Mm -hmm, thing mm -hmm. and here it is. Yeah. And you're a Sort of a, maybe you acquire new skills or new interests or yeah. you travel to a different place, right? And that will show up in the work because yeah. I think a creative person is necessarily a person who wants to evolve, I who think wants so too, who yeah. wants more. Yeah, you know, and you and wants you want more freedom, you want more. Um, ultimately, for me, it's freedom. You know, yeah. it's like, that's like the driving force is like, I want to be free. I want to feel free. Um, and that's what I want my work to give me. And mm-hmm. I, I also want people to feel when they connect with something that I've done, I want those, I want people to feel free mm-hmm. in that experience, you know, like when you see it, mm-hmm and stand there I, and you and I are like in this, you know, communion yeah. of sorts. Yeah. Like I want that thing in your heart. It's like you, you connect in
0: that middle point yeah. of the Boom. art. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's because yeah. now, now it's complete, you know, yeah. now the piece yeah. of art is complete.
0: It's the link between like my experience and your experience. Yeah. Totally.
2: Yeah. So the psychic distance is,
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, so when, when I'm talking about this artifice thing, I know this word has connotations, but I like it anyway. Sure. (laughs) Um,
2: So I I love, I love that word. It's
0: a great word. It's a great word. Um, yeah, I'm super into it. So I, you know, I just think of it as like, what's not seen what's, and I, I think, you know, sometimes it could imply like there's some kind of like a, like a like a pulling the wool over someone's eyes kind of a thing, which I think mm-hmm. we do that as artists in pure ways too. Like, you know, as for performing artists, I think especially if you're having a shitty day, you mm-hmm. still need to stand up and entertain people if that's mm-hmm. what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sometimes I think there is like a real valuable craft in having a, a veneer. Mm-hmm. But more frequently, I think I'm interested in What's lost in the assumption between, like, the art and the artist? And what's lost in the assumption between the art and the audience? Um, And and how does the audience's perception affect the art? Like, I mean, I don't know that it Mm -hmm. really can, but, like, it Mm -hmm. certainly is something. Like, the audience interpretation, and maybe how does that interpretation then, like, inform you, even if you take no action on it? I just... I'm interested in these things. So you, you're telling me that as an artist, you are, you are interested in the experience that your audience has. Yeah, sure. That's something that's important to you. I think it's for some artists, they kind of make a thing and then they're like, do with it what you will, but it's something that you value.
2: Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, and I, you know, but I mean, before I was professional, um, before I made any money, selling any art, you know, I got paid to play shows, you yeah. know, so I was and the performance, you know, connecting with an audience was really a huge thing to me. You know, like um being on stage and singing songs that I wrote with a band that was like to me, this is like my band. These are my friends that I hang out with every day. Yeah. We're doing this stuff. Like, and, you know, and I was really proud of what we had accomplished as kids. Yeah. You know, I was like, we're kids, we're 15 year yeah. old kids and yeah. look we're down we, look here hanging down. out with the big boys yeah. and, you know, people are slam dancing to our music. There were, you know, there were 300 people in that room and we brought them in from the parking lot by playing so well and nobody came to see the opening band. So mm-hmm. it's like we, so that. That energy from the audience, um, yeah. that matters in all art, I think. Like, it matters it's like, to me. I mean, I, yeah, I and do I,
0: think it doesn't quite matter to some artists.
2: You well, know, it doesn't matter if it matters to them, but it because it matters. Oh, sure. Period. Well, the, you know what I mean. Because yeah. it's like, where is where is your work? Is it are you? Yeah. Is it in your? I mean, if it doesn't matter. Keep it in your studio, man. Yeah. You know, but it but it does matter. Yeah. Because you because it's it goes before people, and it might mm. not. You might not think about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's not it's at happening. all to say that's. You
0: know? I'm totally with you. Yeah. Like, it's not to say that you need to make changes based no. on what the audience thinks. But it is something. Yeah. Like it, um, yeah. Do you feel like you know, like? who your fans are or like who your customers are? Like, do you have an idea of like, what is there a type of person that like, likes your work?
2: Yeah. There, there are. And what, and what do you <laughs> think about it? There's different types of people. I mean, you know, for the different, different kinds of work that I do, I do, you know, and that's kind of interesting, but, um, so I've had, you know, I've had artists that I admire and architects get things. Yeah. um and have things in their collections like, like you know but those people gravitate toward like the things that are not funny yeah you know yeah the things <laughs> like, that are like yeah like the heavier yeah. like the the more mysterious things mm-hmm. um the more contemporary like obviously contemporary things that hold that energy are you know people that understand that language are drawn to that. And then, you know, other things, you know, the Calavera portraits, um, the first one that sold went to a, a feminist lawyer in Albuquerque, Latina woman who related to the story behind the piece and all of that. And then, um, you know, and I'm, so I'm really proud of a lot of whom I, collectors yeah. are, yeah. you know, and I, people that I admire and like, and I know that like, that validation for me, it means something, you know? Yeah. Um, it can, you know? Tell, it and can the,
0: give you a, an idea of the track you're on, you know, like, yeah, yeah, and it's not to say that it has to, I mean, I totally think it depends on the artist. It depends on the medium. Yeah. It depends on what your relationship with your art is. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think, I think if the people who like your work have mm-hmm. some of the same values you have, that yeah. that can give you a pretty good clue that you're executing something according to your values.
2: Yeah, totally. And I mean, cause yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because, I mean, when I get to meet people, I mean, cause I, a lot of them just, they just sell in galleries and I don't, I never meet anybody, Yeah. you know, but sometimes like I go to the, I go to a couple of the, um, different events sometimes where like I get to talk to people and when I'm meeting people that are buying my paintings, like inevitably they're like bright eyed, you know, cool people that I can have a conversation with, you know?
0: Yeah. That's cool. So
2: I feel like, okay, so I am connecting with like playful people, which Yeah, makes me feel encouraged. Yeah. That's great. Yeah,
0: um, is there anything else that you want to say, like while you know we're having this conversation about yeah. art, about artifice, about creativity, any other like huh. soapboxy things you'd like to say, or just soapboxy or things. musings? Hmm. <laughs> it's well. okay if there's not. It's <laughs> um, it's like w- one of my favorite podcasters will say like at the end of the podcast like. You know, you know how sometimes at the end of like a yoga class, the teacher yeah. will say like, if there's any other poses that you want to do, like do that now. I feel like yeah. that that's what this is. Yeah. Okay. Like, gotcha. Is there yeah. something else you want to yeah, say? So
2: this is my, <laughs> yeah. And also, yeah. And I for always, me, it's always child's pose. No, for me, it's a headstand. <laughs> you
0: know? I love child's
2: pose. Yeah. I want to do another headstand. It really headstand. like
0: stretches my back. Like I know it's not supposed to be like a stretching
2: pose, but like. It, oh, it's really I good love, for you. I like it. Anyway. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's a great, what's, do you want to do a verbal
0: good. headstand up so, on the subject okay, of yeah, art. <laughs> my verbal
2: headstand? I mean, you know, one time I went to this art thing, it was, I guess, <laughs> art thing. It was an opening, right? And, um, I don't remember who the guy was. I didn't know his name and I, but I got there through another artist, a friend and, um, I didn't understand the relationship between, you know, the older artist and the younger artist that were showing in this, Mm -hmm. in this show. And, um, so there's this kid, you know, I'm 17 or 18 or something. And then this guy, he was his teacher and I didn't realize it was his teacher. And so I'm standing there and the teacher and the student and my friends and everybody's standing there in this. You know, and my friend says, Hey, hey Brad, so what advice would you give young so-and-so here on becoming a becoming an artist? And I stood there and I go, Listen, kid, you know, like
1: Yeah, gonna (laughs) here's how it is.
2: And I just said to this kid, and it was my true advice, you know. I'm like, listen, don't listen to anybody, don't listen to your teachers, don't listen to your friends, don't listen to your parents. Don't listen to anybody, listen to your own heart, do exactly what you want to do. Don't take any classes, you know.
0: And the teacher's like, And the teacher's just like, dude.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And the kid just got kind of like embarrassed. And I and I didn't, and I'm like, what? Yeah. And I still didn't get it. And everybody just thought I was an asshole. Yeah. You know, and I was and then I was like, oh wait. Um, I was kind of being an asshole. I'm, not, I'm just gonna keep I'm not gonna apologize for that I'm just gonna yeah. let it go because that's my true advice yeah, you know because you know I didn't take any art classes until college and then I second guessed everything I was taught yeah and I I goofed around I went I did everything I wanted to do I took all the classes I wanted to take and that's what contributes to in my opinion yeah that's what contributes to being an artist is like being an artist, you bring everything in. You go where you want to go. Yeah. You explore what you want to explore, yeah. and you don't listen to people. You do the assignments that you need to do to get through the thing, and yeah. do your best. You know, learn to work hard. Do not be afraid of criticism. Um, be hard on yourself. Doubt yourself when you doubt yourself, but have the courage to come back and and do your thing and. Just remember man, like nobody can beat you at being you. That's my that's, that's how it that's advice. how it is. Yeah. And you know, not everybody's going to like what you do. Not everybody's going to like you. Yeah. Or your shoes, or yeah. your hair, yeah. or you know, whatever. But yeah. you have to embrace you and love yourself and take care of yourself in this world. Yeah. And make what you want to make. Yeah. And you cannot do it fearlessly, but you can do it courageously. Mm, and that's, yeah. that's what it takes. I mean, whether you become an artist and that becomes like a career path for you, or you become an artist of living your life and making your choices and doing whatever it is you really do want to yeah. do in your heart. You know, for me, I wanted, I wanted to make art. And yeah. I wanted to get paid for it because I didn't, I didn't want to do what anybody told me. I didn't want, I didn't want to have a boss. A boss yeah. I didn't want a boss. I didn't, and I, I didn't want to have to get anybody's approval. You know, I just wanted to do my thing and trust that it was solid, Yeah. you know, and when, and it wasn't always, you know, I mean, yeah. the first yeah, the first I, get, I got out of art school, and you know, I had made some successful stuff and sold some stuff in art school, you know, but I was people were just like trying to buy it. Yeah, I wasn't trying to sell it mm. unless I was like yeah. walking around in yeah. neighborhoods, yeah. you know, but um, I realized like people want what I'm doing, this had like what I'm doing has value, and um, you know, to but to get really good at at achieving what I wanted to making the picture look like I wanted it to look. That was really, really hard. That took a solid year of, of absolute practice every single day. Kind of obsession. Yeah. You have to be obsessed and you have to, you have to study hard and you have to practice. You have to practice as hard as you can and be absolutely devoted. And if you'll do that, you know, I don't know if it'll lead to a career in art for you, but it'll definitely make you stronger. Yeah. So well, and
0: like I was saying before, like I'm interested in art. I love art, but more than anything, I love when people have creative perspectives, Yeah. when people have cre- like the ability to kind of be curious about people and ideas mm-hmm. and, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, if, if you're not going to have a career as an artist, fine. Mm -hmm. Keep like, keep your mind that way though. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. Look around, be curious about things. Keep thinking, keep trying to evolve your thoughts. Yeah. Um, it's important stuff. I think.
2: Well, like go back, do something, go back and get that inner child and rescue that kid and, you know, walk with them. Like hand in hand, it's you and little you and you like, you take care of that person, take care of that, that spark, Mm -hmm. that life that, you know, is going to, you know, remind you who you are.
0: Yeah. That will let you like walk through the world with like real power, like real, like,
2: yeah, you know, that kind of power is like, you know, uh, so there's a line in a Larry Levis poem. If, if any of us knew how poor we were we could step out and wonder mm. you know yeah it's just and that like 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 knowing that you have nothing knowing that you're like stripping yourself of all the things that you think matter for just a second waking up fresh mm-hmm. and seeing the blazing reality that we're living in. Yeah. Like walk outside your door. Yeah. And look at the look at nature. Look at the bugs and the flowers and the I mean, look at what this is. Yeah. You know, the like the uh, you know, light entering your eyes, turning into color in your brain, and yeah. like all of this and the sounds, all these things happening simultaneously, we're in an absolute wonderland. Yeah. You know? Totally. And,
0: well, I mean, you do not even talk about
2: people, you know? Like, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm just visualizing <laughs> no, walking no, out no, the front I, door. I, I haven't seen any people yet. Yeah. But you know, I'm not <laughs>
0: criticizing your uh, your amusing. I'm just saying, <laughs> Wait, like, no, no. This we is haven't my even trip, we man. haven't even started on people. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I and I totally those,
2: agree. I mean, those connections, like one being to another, like that's like this is so ridiculously beautiful. Yeah. You know, it's like
0: and complicated. And and complex. Messy and chaotic and confusing. Yeah. And it deserves like all of your creative thinking.
2: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and okay, so one more quote like Kurt Vonnegut, right? Uh he's like I have he's like I am absolutely certain and I'm paraphrasing, but I'm certain that something something incredible is going on here but none of the explanations i've heard satisfy me
1: yeah
2: you know but something's going on yeah you know i don't mm-hmm. know what it is yeah this mystery persists but it's it's so heartbreakingly beautiful that um if, if we're not like spending some time in contemplation mm-hmm. of of that every day, then we're missing out. And we, you know, and to become as present and grateful
1: yeah,
2: as we can is our duty. It's an absolute duty. Like you owe it to yourself yeah. and you owe it to the people you love <laughs> mm-hmm. to connect with your heart so that you can come to them with an open heart. Totally
0: hardcore. Amen. I agree. (laughs) Yes. Amen. Um, I always ask people at the very end on this day, what's your dream collaboration or if you're really truly a solo person, just what's your dream project?
2: Well, I've never been able to collaborate. I've never collaborated successfully really except for, you know, musically. Um,
0: well you could say that or you could just do a dream project. Like
2: well, resources
0: you. that you'll never, yeah. you know, that would, would be unlikely oh, to have or, well,
2: I mean, how do I forget this? But so you remember in the beginning, I told you my friend, Dave was like sw- swept off to California yeah. and left the, the band. Player. Right. Yeah. Okay. So Dave, uh, and I have, uh, reconnected. Great. And, Hi, Dave. Um, Hey, Hey, <laughs> Hey Dave. <laughs> anyway. So Dave's moving back to Salt Lake Yay. and we're talking about, um, doing some music. That's great. So right now, my dr- that's my dream collaboration is playing music. Cool. With my with my friend. I love it. I mean, yeah. well,
0: it sounds like it's happening. It's so.
2: definitely happening. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah.
0: Tell everybody where to find you.
2: Um. Oh, you mean online? Yes. <laughs> You're like <laughs> you, what? My address. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh. So I think I'm at Brad Overton Artist on Instagram. And, uh, my web, my website is, uh, www, uh, bradfordoverton.com. Great. And, uh, comes up as Bradford Wayne Overton. And, um, I, I try to keep my website pretty up to date. Um, but my Instagram is always there and, um, yeah. Well, thank yeah.
0: you so much. This has been such a pleasure. I'm yeah. glad to catch you before you go out of the country, right? You're leaving or the state.
2: Oh yeah. Before you um, leave. I'm glad yeah. to
0: catch you before you leave.
2: Yeah, okay. yeah. I'm doing I'm gonna spend some time um painting and Taos and yeah. sculpting cool. in um Prescott, Arizona. So um
0: As an Arizonan, thanks for saying that right. Yeah, I love Arizona. Prescott. People are always like, Prescott. I'm like, Prescott. And they're like, it can't be Prescott. And then like, it's Prescott. It's Prescott.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. It is. Well,
0: seriously, thank you so much. It was a pleasure.
2: Yeah. Same here. You're so good at this. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Um, You have a lovely voice. And your questions are, it's just so fluid and flawless. I loved it. Thank yeah, you so much. Yeah. That means so much to me. Oh. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you.
0: That's it. We did it. Okay. Thank you, thank you. Cool. That was fun. Thanks for listening to Artifice. Our music is by Jerem Hansen and artwork by Sarah Keel. If you'd like to recommend a professional artist for an interview on the podcast, please send me a note through my website, emvocals.com, and don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks again. Have a great week.